0: Heard together as we've listened uh, to our choir and to those who lead us in, uh, in worship. And what we've heard is that as we face this new year, we don't approach this new year like everybody else. We don't just climb a ladder and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and try harder and work more discipline into our lives. Everything that we do, every progress that we make as the people of God comes from one place. And that is from the cross of Calvary. As Jesus hung on the cross and gave his life so that we could walk with God. It comes from inside of us, not from external efforts. And that's a powerful, powerful truth. Well, again, welcome to 2017. And uh, I tell you what, I, I still really can't believe that it is 2017. I remember when I was a kid, just thinking about how old I would be when the year 2000 hit okay i was i was born in 1977 so i remember as uh, as a kid of about about 10 years old thinking well you know i'll be 22 almost 23 when that when that day comes and, and i remember thinking just how far in the future that seemed and now here we are 17 years beyond that and i'm facing down 40 Okay, and in and in many ways, it just it seems like just hardly any time has passed. It is it is crazy, just how time accelerates. Now I know that the younger you are, the less you really get this. Believe me, I, I do. I remember not that long ago thinking about how ten years seemed like an eternity, and and now ten years just seems like nothing. And, and I guess it's, it's this acceleration of time uh, that really gets me motivated whenever a new year like this rolls around to just sort of, sort of take stock of things, certainly to, to take stock of things personally, but then also also to, to look around and, and take stock of things in the life of, of this incredible church that I have the privilege to lead. If you've been around uh, over the Christmas season, you know that we've been in a series called "Looking Ahead to Christmas," where we, we looked at three Old Testament passages. That's passages from the, of course, the first part of the Bible. Passages that were written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus, but that were also written about Jesus, and they, they 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 described him with just incredible detail, and they they described the circumstances of his life, what his life would accomplish in, in incredible detail. And so, so back at the beginning of December, we, we looked at Genesis 12 in a message called, Looking Ahead at, uh, to Blessing. And we looked ahead at the blessings that ultimately came in Jesus. After that, we, we looked ahead in, uh, in, in, in Isaiah 9, looked ahead at light, and, and thought about what it means to live our lives in the light of of Jesus, and then then we looked at Isaiah 53, where we uh, we looked ahead to the spiritual healing that Jesus would bring, and then last week on Christmas Day, I preached a message entitled "Looking Ahead to Now," and the point of that message was was to convince you that because of Jesus, because of Christmas, the opportunity that you have to enter into a relationship with God is not somewhere up in the vague future, but Christmas shows us that God wants to know you today. God wants to know you now. But today, in this sort of last installment, if you will, of this this Christmas series, I want us us to look beyond the now, and I want us to look into the next. I'm assuming that most of us here, uh, this being the the football-saturated, sleepy-eyed, from-staying-up-too-late day, that it that it typically is. I'm going to assume that the vast majority of us here are believers, and the and the vast majority of us here are not just believers, uh, but and not just followers of Jesus, but we're believers who love this church. You love Ellendale Baptist Church as I love Ellendale Baptist Church. Maybe you were around uh, when Ellendale was much smaller than it is today and and many of you were around when when it was much bigger than it is today for many of you ebc has been an integral part of your life for decades some of you don't know anything but this church in the last three years jennifer and our boys uh, you've become like our very own family we've we've seen god do just incredible things in our midst. We've seen uh, a number of people added to our fellowship. We've seen lives literally transformed by the power of the gospel. We've seen, seen many people experience the love of Jesus Christ through the various ministries of this church. We feel blessed to be a part of the great story that is Ellendale Baptist Church. But here's the thing. We don't think that that story is over. We believe that God longs to do even greater, much greater things with this body of believers known as Ellendale Baptist Church. We believe that our best days are in front of us, or at least they can be, if we'll come together and commit ourselves to being about what every New Testament church should be about. Loving God, loving others, and making disciples. Now, if you've, uh, if you've been here very long, you've heard me say that, okay? I've, I've been saying that at least for the last three years, you know, ever since the, the Lord uh, first brought us here to Bartlett back in uh, 2013. My desire for Ellendale Baptist Church is that we become a church whose priorities center on Loving God, loving others, and making disciples. And so the question that we need to ask from time to time, as a family of believers, is how are we doing at that? You know, how, how are we doing at loving God, loving others, and making disciples? And so that's kind of what I want us to do this morning. On this New Year's Day, I want, to, I want us to take an objective look at ourselves, an objective, honest look at how we're doing at what we say that we're about. And I'll just tell you, some things we're doing, we're doing well, really well. We've made a lot of, of strides this year, but but the fact is, there's still room to grow. A lot of room. And this morning, I want to I want to challenge us to grow together. So here's what we're gonna do. As we look ahead at next, okay, we're gonna we're gonna walk through these priorities, hopefully reminding ourselves of their biblical foundation, and then we're going to think together, again, about what we're doing well, and then how I believe the Lord wants us to do better. So let's let's start with this first priority, loving God. Let's think about that for a moment. Matthew 22, 36, uh, we, we read this just a moment ago, and in this passage we're told, again, that Jesus was asked, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And then Jesus He answered this man, and he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He said, This is the the great and foremost commandment. And so loving God with, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And listen, loving God that way, we understand that that starts with worship. I am so thankful for a worship ministry here at EBC that gets that. Brother John understands that. Brother John, he does not see himself as a performer or even primarily a music director. His, his, he sees himself as a worship leader. And, and that's his goal. I know this because I've heard his prayers in this direction. His goal is to lead us in worship, to take us to the throne of God every week in worship i am grateful for that our corporate worship here at ebc encourages me it uplifts me we have a choir that is like no other choir in any church that i've ever been a part of we have incredible talent here at ebc i work hard on preaching and i hope that as we open god's word together week after week that you are encouraged to love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your mind Uh, week after week. I I promise to continue to see preaching as the most important part of my job. I will continue to spend hours preparing for every sermon, praying for God to use me as only He can when we come together for worship. We're going to continue to put a priority on our corporate worship, but I believe it's important this year that we remember that our worship shouldn't be limited by what we do when we gather here. You see, the reality is worship isn't anything that you receive. Worship is something that you do. I am really glad, uh, being an intergenerational church as we are, that we don't have debates over music style that a lot of of churches have. Now, of course, everybody has their preference, and, and you're entitled to your preference, whether you like things more, uh, contemporary or more traditional or more uh, southern gospel or, or whatever, but, but our preferences in the way that we worship should always take a back seat to our purpose in worship. When it's on the screen, that means write it down, okay? You hear that? You hear what I'm saying? Our preferences in the way that we worship should always take a back seat to our purpose in worship. And again, what's our purpose? What is our purpose in worship? Is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. And so that's what we want to do. When, when you leave this place on Sundays, we want to be the kind of church where, where you, we want you to be charged up. We want you to be ready to worship for the rest of the week. Because Jesus, he doesn't say just to love the Lord that way on Sundays. No, for a disciple of Jesus Christ, worship should happen every day. Worship should happen regularly in your personal time alone with God. And worship should happen regularly as you set aside time to worship God with your family. Now, of course, we can't force you to do either of those things, but, but we want to encourage you. And, and one of the ways that we're going to encourage you in this way is, 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 to, is to encourage you this year to, to develop a relationship with at least one person of the same gender who will hold you accountable. We'll talk about that more shortly. So we, so we love God. That's, a, that's a, a priority in the life of our church. We also, we, we're also about loving others. Look at the next verse here, Matthew 22, verse 39. Jesus is still talking here, and he says, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. And so, again, Jesus, he doesn't, he doesn't stop with the greatest commandment. He says, there's another one, okay? There's, there's another one that's right up there with the first one. Uh, cert- you, you love God with everything, but, but also love your neighbor as yourself. And then he continues in verse 40. He says, all the law, all the prophets, in other words, all the Old Testament depend on these two commandments. And so, if you want to summarize the Old Testament with two commandments, these are the two. Love God with everything you are, and then love your neighbor like you love yourself. And so, consequently, here at Ellendale, we believe that the church should be a place where people inside and outside of our walls know that they are loved. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that we agree um, with everything that that everyone does? of course not. Does that mean that we turn a blind eye to things that our, our brothers and sisters are doing to destroy their lives? Of course not. That's not love. Write this down. The way we love each other best as disciples of Jesus is by pushing each other to love Jesus more. The way we love each other best as disciples of Jesus is by pushing each other to love Jesus more. Now, that doesn't mean being a buzzkill, okay? But it does mean praying for each other. It does mean encouraging each other. It does mean calling each other, writing cards to each other, sending text messages, Facebook messages, Snapchat messages. It just, it just means intentionally connecting with each other, uh, with one another on a, on a regular basis. The author of Hebrews talks about this in Hebrews 10. He says, verse 24, he says, and and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So again, this is part of why we gather together. It's why we come together. It's not to be entertained, but it's to spur one another on. It's to to encourage one another in our devotion to Jesus Christ. But loving our neighbor is not just about loving those inside these walls. Loving our neighbor is also about loving those in the world out there. It was in the context of this command that Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. The way he loved his neighbor was by ministering to his needs. And so part of what we need to be doing in 2017 is, is figuring out ways to let this community, to let this neighborhood around us, and to let all of these neighborhoods in Barlett, is to figure out how we can best let them know that we love them by identifying the pain points in our city and attacking those pain points with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, make no mistake, we're doing this in pockets. One of the, one of the best things that we're doing right now is the, is the partnership that we at Ellendale have with Ellendale Elementary School. Uh, tomorrow, Brother Lynn and I are going to roll over to, to Ellendale Elementary with breakfast for the, for the teachers there, uh, we do stuff like that all the time. Most every Tuesday after school, during the school year, we'll have 20 or 30 EBC volunteers of all ages. We'll have 20 or 30 volunteers there who will who will head over there, and they will lead a Bible study in the Ellendale Elementary School gym. It's called Kids Beach Club, and if you want to get involved in that, you absolutely should. Just, just see Brother Lynn uh, for more information. And so, we're going we're to keep doing things like that, and I want us to do even more ministry in our community. We have a great thing, a, a really small Bible study, but a great thing going, down, going on in one of our nursing homes, just, just around the corner. I want us to see doing more things like that in our community because I want our community, I want our city, to know that Ellendale Baptist Church cares about them. Why Because if the people of our community don't believe that we care about them, they will never listen to anything we have to say about the one who can save them. We'll tell them about the love of God. And they'll think, well, you know, if God loves me like you love me, no thanks. So that's where we are. And that's what's next. Love God through worship and devotion. And love others through accountability and community ministry. And then third, making disciples. But not just making disciples. We want to be about making disciples who make disciples. If you will, flip over in your Bible to the passage of scripture that we read, that Brother Tommy read earlier. Uh, this passage that I hope, uh, like the others, is familiar to you because we, uh, we talk about it all the time. But it's Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. And again, we're told Jesus came up, spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All right, so if, you, if you've really been paying attention, over the last few years. If, if you've if you've been to any of our, our new member luncheons or or any of the intro to EBC classes that we do on Sunday morning, you'll you'll see again that this is a little different. Usually what I say uh, that we're about is loving God, loving others and making disciples. But but recently in my uh, in my personal time with the Lord and and in particular in a study that we're doing together as a, as a staff, I've become convicted about our level of understanding about what a disciple is. You see, a disciple of Jesus, it's not just someone that the, the, something that the church leadership makes. Jesus, in this context, he wasn't just talking to the apostles. He's talking to all the disciples. Everybody around who was following him at that point verse 17 tells us that they were worshiping him but that some people were still doubting so this this wasn't an elite group uh, of of followers that had it all together this is this is everybody and this instruction that we call the great commission that instruction was for everybody for all of us and sometimes i think we're guilty and and by we i mean i mean people like me preachers i think I think I've been bad about communicating that. I think sometimes without meaning to, when, when, when preachers like me, when we say things like, you know, it's the church's job to make disciples, what people hear is they hear, well, it's the church leader's job to make disciples. In other words, it's somebody else's job to make disciples, and certainly that's part of it. As church leaders, we certainly need to be leading people to faith in Jesus. Certainly we need to be leading people to walk more faithfully with Jesus. But brother, sister, Jesus never intended it to be just us. We're all supposed to be doing this. We're all, every one of us, who claims Jesus as our Savior, we are all supposed to be making disciples out of unbelievers who will go on to make disciples out of unbelievers who will go on to make disciples out of unbelievers. You see how that works? It's multiplication. And what should happen if just a few of us start getting serious about Instead of 14 people getting baptized last year here at EBC, I don't misunderstand me, I'm thankful for every one of those 14 people, but that's one person coming to faith in Jesus and joining our church for every 65 or so people on our active role. But if a few of us get serious about this, maybe next year we see that number double to about 30. And then maybe the next year, that number doubles to about 60, and then 120, and so on. You see how this works? It becomes growth, not by addition, but by multiplication. Now, before you send me an email, listen to what I'm saying, okay? I'm I'm not saying that we should just be about numbers. I'm not saying that at all. As Christians, uh, we don't make people get saved and baptized, okay? Only God can do that, right? I get that. I understand that. But friend, if we want God to grow our church, and more importantly, if we want the Lord to grow his kingdom through us, we must do everything in our power to tell others about what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. And when they accept the Lord, we have to do everything in our power to teach them what it means to follow Jesus. And we must be willing to do this personally not wait on a program of the church to tell us to do this we need to be about this every day of our lives because it's more than just getting people to pray a prayer that's just the beginning and unfortunately so many people are just left there hanging we're obedient in this first part of the commission we'll baptize them but man do we ever drop the ball when it comes to teachings discipling them, showing them what it looks like to follow Jesus. So what does that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked, because it just happens that the answer is right here in my notes. Isn't that amazing how that works? No, but really, what's a disciple of Jesus? A disciple of Jesus, first, is guided by the Bible. You look at verse 20. Jesus says that the part of making disciples, not just, not just baptizing, but also... It's not just baptizing, but it's also teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Now, don't misunderstand that word there in the New American Standard Bible. We, we don't just observe his commands. We don't just watch them, okay? Uh, we teach people to obey them, and as disciples who make disciples, our job is to teach disciples to obey Jesus, to be guided by his word, the Bible. I know that sounds like a no-brainer if if you've been a Christian for a while, but, but more and more, our society doesn't just not follow the Bible. They don't know the Bible. Nobody's taught them the Bible. I was having a conversation with somebody just just a week or so ago, a new Christian, and this person, they were telling me, just pouring their heart out to me, saying, you know, I want to be close to God. I want to pray to God and understand the Bible, but I didn't grow up in church. I don't even know where to start. Church, we must be a church that will take people by the hand, that will have them over to dinner, that will invite them to coffee, whatever. But we must be a church filled with people who will personally and lovingly teach others how to understand the Bible so they can understand how to obey the Bible. Because a disciple of Jesus is guided by the Bible. But also a disciple of Jesus is empowered by prayer. That's another aspect of what it means to be a disciple. We're empowered by prayer. Jesus said here, he said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That means, what that means is that Jesus, he's he's here, he's present with us right now. Now, Perhaps not physically, but spiritually, his, his Holy Spirit indwells us. And the way that we connect with Jesus is through prayer. I love what Jesus says in John 15 and verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But get this, apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. You can't do anything. Because as disciples of Jesus, we are empowered by the fellowship that we have with the vine. With Jesus, Now, you know this if you're a follower of Jesus. Prayer is your lifeline. But a new Christian doesn't understand that. Somebody has to show them, personally show them what it looks like to have a quiet time. They have to be taught how to go and, and set aside time, whether it's in the morning or whether it's at, at lunch or whether it's in the evening before they go to bed. They have to be taught how to turn off the TV and set aside time to spend with the Lord. Something that has to be taught. Maybe they're having trouble sticking with it. Somebody has to be there to teach them to start a prayer journal, to to write down their prayers, or to keep track of them in some other way so they can look back down the road and see how God is growing them spiritually through prayer. People don't just get saved and automatically know how to pray. They need someone to teach them, to walk alongside them, to show them these things. And yeah, we're going to have programs here at the church that are going to help with that, but those programs will not, anywhere close, will not be matched to someone like you coming alongside a new believer, taking the first initiative and saying, hey, I've heard you've come to faith in Jesus. Can we get together for coffee? Can we get together for tea? Can we just hang out and let me teach you some of the things that I do that help me in my relationship with the Lord? That's discipleship. And we have to grow in the area of personal discipleship. A disciple of Jesus is guided by the Bible, empowered by prayer. And then third, a disciple of Jesus is engaged in community. This is the heart of what I've been talking about this morning. We, we mentioned baptism a couple of times. Uh, baptism is important. And it is our responsibility as the people of God to see to it that new believers are baptized. That's why Jesus tells us uh, that part of making disciples is baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't make people jump through hoops to be baptized. We need to be anxiously ready to baptize people. Because I can't tell you how many new Christians I've talked to that are struggling with their faith they're having no success resisting temptation their prayer life stinks and when they read the bible they can't make t- heads or tails of it and by the time they get to me they're doubting their salvation and when i have these kind of conversations it is not uncommon at all for me to do a little digging only to find out that they've never been baptized you say well what does that have to do with anything after all you don't have to be baptized to be saved right And and yeah, technically, technically that's true. The only thing that saves us is faith in Jesus Christ, okay? But friend, that doesn't mean that baptism isn't important. Baptism is incredibly important. First of all, it's important because Jesus commands us to be baptized. It's our first act of obedience to our new Lord and Savior. When we're baptized, we're showing the world who's boss now. But it's also important because baptism identifies us with the local church. When you're baptized here at EBC, you're baptized into this community of faith known as Ellendale Baptist Church. And friend, whether you recognize it or not, if you're going to have long-term success in your relationship with the Lord, if a new believer is going to have long-term success in his or her relationship with the Lord, if they're going to grow in their relationship with the Lord, if they're ever going to quit moving forward and then dropping the ball and quit moving forward and then dropping the ball and then moving forward and dropping the ball, you're going to need a local church like this one. You need people to encourage you, to hold you accountable, to celebrate with you in the good times, and to walk with you in the difficult times. You need a community of faith. Now, you're here on New Year's Day, okay? I get that you understand this, at least to some degree, but a new Christian does not. That's why we have to be willing to walk alongside them and to teach us these things. The Christian life is not meant to be practiced in solitude. Jesus never intended it to be that way. He just didn't. We need each other. And that's why, if you're a follower of Jesus, you need to be engaging in at least corporate worship. And, and a new believer, someone that you lead to faith in Jesus Christ, they need to be engaging at least in corporate worship. And that's, that's, that's what we're doing right now. This, this right here is what I've I've been calling level one community, okay? It's not level one because it's less important than the other levels we're going to talk about. This isn't some hierarchy of of Christian faithfulness that we're talking about. What we're talking about is, is levels of community that you can be involved in, that every Christian should be involved in when it comes to their connection and their engagement in community. At the very least, disciples need to show up for worship okay? But really, disciples shouldn't stop at level one. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you should also be engaged in at least what we're calling level two community, Bible study groups and service. Now, when we talk about Bible study groups, mainly we're talking about the Bible study groups that we offer most every Sunday uh, at nine o'clock in the morning, uh, this Bible study groups that we call Sunday School. Every follower of Jesus, every disciple of Jesus needs to be involved in a group like that. Why? Because these groups will give you a taste of the accountability and the encouragement that you need to continue to be faithful in your relationship with Jesus. Level two community could also include uh, some of the Bible studies that we offer on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and other times during the week. But those groups should never take the place of your Sunday school class because while those groups are helpful, they're not designed for the kind of community that you'll find in your Sunday school class. But then, as you, And then as you serve the church using the gifts that God has given you, there's a kind of community that you'll discover there. So, so level two community Bible study groups and service level one corporate worship level two bible study groups and service but then finally as followers of jesus as disciples of jesus we need to make strides toward what we're going to be calling level three community personal accountability and discipleship this isn't another class or a program this is simply reaching out to one or two people people of the same gender people that you trust and asking them to meet with you regularly to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. Right now, as your leadership, we are, we are praying very heavily about how we can prioritize this more in 2017. Personally, I would like to see groups like this popping up all over our city, and I would ask you to pray for us as we cast this vision this year. But you don't have to wait for us. This is something that you can begin today. Ask the Lord to show you who's in your life that can hold you accountable. Who is in your life that can encourage you in a deeper way that you can be real with. And will walk with you as you make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Love God. Love others. and Make disciples who make disciples. Disciples who are guided by the Bible, empowered by prayer, and engaged in community. This is what I would love to see in 2017. As we become more faithful to the calling that the Lord Jesus has put on our lives. Let me invite you, if you will, just to bow your heads and, and close your eyes. We're, we're getting to a part of the service that uh, we call the invitation, but before we can, we can do the invitation, we have to do some personal reflection, because, because maybe you're wondering, you know, what does this mean? Uh, how do I need to respond? Let me encourage you in three ways. First, if you're here and you are not yet a disciple of Jesus Christ, man, let me encourage you to get started on that journey. Here in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And after we pray, we're all going to stand up. We're going to start singing together. This is an opportunity for you to, to step forward and to open up your life to what Jesus Christ can do for you. You can come forward. You can come talk to me. We'll have some counselors that will be available. And we'll, we'll put you with that counselor. And they will, they will lay it all out for you, every bit of what it means to follow Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. There is no reason to put that off any longer. God wants to know you so much that he came to, to earth and died so that you could have a relationship with him give your life to jesus do that today now second maybe you're here and and maybe you are a disciple of jesus but as you evaluate your life as you've listened to this message maybe the lord has made it clear that you're not a disciple who makes disciples Listen, if that's you, I don't want to discourage you too much. You're, you're not alone in that. But the reality is you've, you've never led anyone to faith in Jesus. You've never taught anyone what it means to follow Jesus. I don't want to hammer you too hard on this, but, but friend, if that's you today, I want, to, I want to invite you to repent. Ask the Lord to forgive your complacency. For the lost, ask him in, in this year 2017 to to put at least two people in your path that you can lead to faith in Jesus Christ two people that you can personally see baptized two people that you can teach to be guided by the Bible empowered by prayer and engaged in community and then third if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ let me encourage you to level up your community this year. Personally. If you're you're just coming to worship, level up. Get connected to a Sunday school class. Get connected to service in the church and in the community. If you're doing that, if you're going to Sunday school, if you're serving in, in the ministry of this church, level up. Find or start an accountability group. If you need help with that, find me, find Brother Lynn really any of our staff, we'll help you with that. It's a new year. And I believe that this can be the greatest year yet for Ellendale Baptist Church. I really do. But we have to be obedient. Let's not stubbornly resist this calling that God has put on each of us. Let's ask the Lord to bring revival. Christian brother, sister, let's ask Him to start that revival in us. Let's pray together. Father God.